Morales Sports Worldwide on 947, Monday to Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Hashtag MSW. Well, if you're wondering whose voice that was, that's a coach, John Plumtree, Hollywood Bats, uh, Sharks. He's the head coach. And, of course, this weekend, the Sharks will be traveling to Loftus to face the Bulls in this weekend's Mammoth URC Clash. Now, the injection of the speedster, we are told, eh? Happy with Janchi. Is the only change, though, to the Sharks lineup. Janchi comes in for Werner Gok, who has a slight hamstring injury. Uh, on, the red, uh, on the right wing, and looking at it, Plumtree, though, had a little choice, but to involve all of his World Cup Springboks. Uh, good to see Oxen Chair, Eben Etzebeth, Jaden Hendricks, uh, hey, Grant Williams, Makazolema Pimpi, as well as Lukanyuam. I'm sure some of these rugby players belong in the stable of the gentleman that has warmed up our studio right now, and all of them obviously having featured earlier on in the week. So great stuff indeed. I mean, that's a, that's a massive, massive rugby game. Uh, featuring those two, and uh, I think every time they play, as people say, oh, the grass gets properly, properly damaged. I've got a great guest here tonight. I'm going to waste absolutely no time. I'll dive straight into it because I think more often than not, you know, when players make their major career moves and sign the most uh, lucrative of deals, no one ever really cares to know who's behind the scenes, who broke in such a deal. Now, that particular individual that went back and forth trying to be that person between the player and the club negotiating endlessly. That individual that pitches a player to a thousand clubs before getting that yes, we will sign your player. I'm talking about that individual that goes far and beyond the football pitch for players. That individual who often has to deal with player egos and so on and so forth. Massive egos, believe you me. Well, we're not like that here on hashtag MSW. And today we're going to be we're going to be focusing and delving deeper with this man that's not only respected in the country but uh, across the continent and the world. We'll find out about his experience and his journey, a key figure in some of the major moves as far as some of our top players and coaches are concerned. And I think this man has certainly carved out a name for himself as one of the most respected football agents. That's what it was before. But right now in 2023, I call him a sporting agent, sports person's agent, because they've gone beyond football as far as management is concerned. So what about his clients? I don't think this man ever finds people that call themselves or are losers. Uh, You'll find the creme de la creme of South African football and sports persons and he'll tell us all about them. I mean, what a journey it's been for Mike McCobb. What a pleasure uh, to have him here in studio with us down in Durban, in our Durban studios. Mike, finally, hey, good evening. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Good evening, Rob. And uh, first and foremost, um, always an absolute um, privilege, and I mean this sincerely, to be seated opposite you. Um, wonderful to be able to talk to somebody who is not only passionate about what um, he does, but also super knowledgeable and someone who's, who's lived sport in this, in this country for, for decades. So it's wonderful being here. This is one of my old homes. <laughs> Welcome um, back. Yeah. Um, 
I think 13 years ago, 14 years ago, I did a, um, a show called um, Soccer in the, in the Lounge. Oh, way, nice. way back, yeah. She was. Um, and, no, Robert, it's, again, I'm going to say it's an absolute yeah. pleasure being here with you. And I really look forward yeah. to this unplanned hour because, or unplanned time that we're going to spend together. Because, uh, you know, for me, if you had said, Mike, would you like me to send you a series of questions, I would say no, because the yeah. truth is I'd like to speak from my heart. Absolutely. And uh, be as authentic as I possibly can. Yeah. And, and you know what's, what, what's important? And firstly, yeah. I, I, I receive and I thank you for those words that I don't even know if they describe me, but I am they more... Most definitely do. I'm most touched and humbled by them, Mike. I really do appreciate it. Coming from a person that I obviously do admire and a person that uh, whose grit and determination I've admired for many years. Um, you know, when, when, you, when you say the things about questions, there's one thing that we've always said in reverse. So when we've asked a guest to come in and they would say, uh, sorry, what, what do you want to talk to us about? We don't mind. We'll say, okay, we want to talk because you've transferred player X or player X has been found, you know, hanging on top of a bridge because, you know, he had too much to drink, etc. But whatever the case might be, or he's just won the bottom door. So it's not always the negative stuff. They will say that's pretty much what we want to talk about. But we never send out questions. I mean, we're not a yeah. questions type of show. Yeah. Um, we are a conversation type of show. We are about research. We're about, I'll, I'll know and research Mike McCobb and I'll come through also just also from uh, collective memory and knowledge. We would come and have a conversation. So it's on that basis. And I'm glad that you also don't deal with no. questions because... That, that's not going to be great for right. people that are listening. Yeah. Um, and already when I posted on Twitter early on, the fact that you are <laughs> going to be coming through and the kind of reaction, and maybe again to prove that there's no such a thing as questions and we have to follow question one, question one, A, B. No, 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 we don't do that. So I'm going to dive straight into what popped up before I even lead the way in terms of the conversation. And I've seen some of and them. And you've probably seen some of them as well because I know you're quite... Um, a Twitter man or an X-Man, yeah. whatever it's called these days. Um, but it sounds like, by the way, a superhero, an X-Man. An X-Man. <laughs> yeah. well, I suppose that's what the man who's in charge of all of this, yeah, uh, Elon Musk is yeah. all about. Hey? Exactly. Yeah? This is the first time I ever started with a question from a social media platform, but why not? I always said that the listeners are my boss. So here's my boss asking a question. It says, please ask Mike, why did he resign as Pirates coach? while they were already on the verge of winning the CAF Champions League. And somebody else, Chicago, says, you stole the words from my fingertips, my sentiments exactly. I wanted to ask Rob to ask the same questions that you've asked. So clearly this is something. Yeah, I, I can answer that with absolute clarity. Um, it, it would have been easier for me to stay. Um, and finish what I had started. Mm. But the truth is, I had left behind my wife and my three children at that stage, young children, mm. um, in Durban, whilst I um, worked in Johannesburg. And unlike most people who commute, I saw my family probably once every two months for a day or two, mm. at best. And it was a decision that I honestly had to make, either to continue doing something that I truly loved and a club 
that I had grown super fond of, mm. um, a chairman that I worked incredibly well with, um, a friend, the late Baba Ngobani, who I shared accommodation with. Baba Lawrence Ngobani. Baba Lawrence Ngobani. Yeah. Um, I either had to continue on that journey with the, with the honest um, possibility of losing my family. Wow. Or I had to come back to, to Durban. Um, I, it was unfair I, on my wife yeah. to expect her to raise three young children, one in their early teens and the other two, um, Michael was still a baby, he was yeah. eight years old, my son, but Taryn was 12, uh, Lisa was 13 or 14. Um, it was totally unfair. And, you know, one would have thought, why didn't he at least stay for the next two months? In my heart, I knew that um, my assistant coach, the late Ronald Mkanduiri, had what it uh, takes to lead this team to, um, to continental glory. And I'm so pleased, so very pleased for him mm. and so pleased for the club that, that he did that. And that's the honest truth. I'll never forget I sat um, uh, in front of uh, Dr. Causa in his office at TG Sports yes, in those yes, days. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And the he said, have you, company. Yeah, have you thought clearly about this decision? Because it's come out of the blue for me. And I said, I have. I said, I would be lying to you and I would be, I would be doing you a disservice to, to say to you that I could continue giving what I'm giving um, with the same mental strength mm. um, as I have in the past one and a half years. And to his credit, um, we had a long discussion over it. To his credit, he said, Mark, I respect your wishes and um, I'm happy that we've been able to leave each other on um, on a high, and that's how. That's as simply as how it ended. I never had a contract, by the way. At Pirates. Oh no. Um, how were we, you functioning then? No, no. We had a An we agreement. had a, a, we had a, a handshake agreement that um, this is what the contract would entail. Right. And and quite honestly, um, I said to to the chairman that. If I'm not successful, I'm going to be the first person to walk away here. I don't want to come to you and say to you, um, you know, things aren't going right. Let's do a settlement. It's not my style. Has never been my style, Rob. Yeah. And that's the way we operated. And um, he was true to his word, delivered on every single thing that he promised me. And I think um, I did the same for the football club. So it was a wonderful. If you said to me, happy two years, probably two of the most joyous years of my life. But I think the concern, if I may put it that way, yes. and, and, and you can hear from the, from the tone yes, and how those questions are being structured is yes. that on, on the verge, yes, you don't know what a football game or how a football yeah. game is going to be turning out. But now we can reflect back and say, you placed the team in such a position that they were on the verge of history. yeah. yeah. And there is no bigger moment for Orlando Pirates as far as the club is concerned yes. than the star on their jersey. Yes. When I went through all the old photos yesterday, that tracksuit. Yes. That jersey. The Umbra. 
<laughs> epitomizes so much history. It does. You, you see that jersey, you see 95 success in the same mm-hmm. way that you see the then Bafana Bafana Kappa jersey. The following year. The following year. Yeah. And you see the success of 96 and you see the success of going to 98 World Cup in France. Yeah. I mean, Mike, surely when you, did they even give you a medal? Did they give you a Yes. They gave you a oh, medal. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. I yes. remember that because you also had to then come up. Yes. And join in the celebrations, the celebrations yes. and, and be there with the trophy. Yeah. So the, the difficulty, though, if we had to unravel very quickly before we take a break, yes. how mentally difficult it was. You made the right decision. Yes, and we agree. Family is important. You've always been a family man, and we agree with you. But right now, though, when you reflect back from a footballing sense, what did it take away from you? Nothing. Honestly, nothing. Yeah. What did happen is I went, uh, I went home to my flat in Buclu and I cried as a grown man because I knew that a large part of what I loved I would never have back. Mm-hmm. Um, and people often say to me, why did you retire so soon as a football coach when you had done so well? You know, my, my final couple of years, um, I took Amazulu into the top eight and then the following year, I became general manager of the club and set up all their structures. Mm. As much as I loved the club and respected the club, I knew that what I had experienced at Orlando Pirates, I could never experience again in my life. This naive, um, unknown uh, rookie um, who, who joined a club that he didn't even know how big the task was. It was probably, it was probably in my favour yeah. that I was naive. If I'd understood how big this institution was, but who convinced you to land this job at Pirates? Um, 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 um. That um will take after the break. <laughs> Morales Sports worldwide on nine four seven Monday to Friday from six to seven pm. Hashtag MSW. Good evening, Rob, and uh, good evening to uh, the seasoned agent, uh, Mr. Mike McCup. Uh, Rob, I just want to find out from uh, Mike McCup uh, with the implementation of new FIFA agent regulations and players at risk of finding themselves uh, without uh, representatives. Uh, due to some of the agents uh, not having uh, passed the required uh, FIFA uh, intermediary exam, uh, is ProSport and Mike Macup accredited to operate and represent players uh, in terms of the new FIFA agent regulations? And secondly, do you have the appetite to also absorb some of the players who might find themselves without the agents uh, in the next uh, in the in, in future? I just want to hear your views around that. It's the Bohoya. Thank you so much. Thank you very, very much indeed. Very interesting questions on either side of things. Um, Mike, let's dive straight into it. The crazy thing about this hour is that it disappears into a couple of seconds. So what Debojo is asking, I also know that as you sat down, there was breaking news that happened around the very same topic, saying that FIFA's new cap on agent fees won't be implemented in England after successful legal challenge by representatives in major uh, is a major victory saying that uh, the new um they were talking about the new fifa regulations plan to limit what agents would receive in commission the new cap will not be implemented after successful legal action from agents um yeah so that's been a story so how do you sit 
on that story and uh, respond to what Deboha was asking? Well, first and foremost, um, England have now joined um, three of the other big five. Um, England, Italy, Germany and Spain. Mm. I think, uh, sorry, uh, England, Italy, uh, no, England, France, Germany and Spain. I think Italy are the only um, country of the big five leagues in the world yeah. that still haven't um, opposed, but I believe that it's, it's imminent. Um, it's clear from the, the fact that they've been successful in their, in their cases that, this is my opinion, that FIFA has not given enough thought mm. um, to these rules and regulations pertaining to agents. You know, Rob, you need to understand that you're talking about people's livelihoods. Okay. So let's talk about the non, forget about the cap. Yeah. You know, the cap is, is something that I'd, I'm not opposed to as long as it's fair. Right. Okay. But as long as it still gives you room to negotiate because mm-hmm. otherwise it's anti-competitive. Right. Okay. But let's talk about generally the transition in April 2015, the rules and regulations were abolished. FIFA said we no longer will govern agents. Needs to be done by their local associations. And yeah. the local associations can decide within this intermediary framework that we're giving them mm. what rules and regulations to impose. So that was the first thing. So from being a licensed agent, you're now becoming an intermediary where Every single person of good standing, depending can. on the rules and regulations, can represent players. And uncles and grannies were doing that. Exactly. Mm. Now, you, you look at that and you say, okay, on the, on, on the one side, it creates more opportunities for work. Um, and it also makes the barrier to entry less onerous. Mm. On the other side... You look at it and you say, but this is going to create turmoil in this industry mm. because there is no governance. And in any industry like the football industry, without governance in a particular division relating to agents, for example, you're creating a monster. And turmoil. And turmoil. Okay. Finally, FIFA came to their senses and realized that this wasn't working yeah. because all of a sudden, so-called agents were demanding exorbitant agents' fees, exorbitant percentages of salons. Um, players that were in dispute with their agents had no body to, to uh, challenge their, their agents and vice versa. Yeah. So some of it went to the normal courts of law. Others went to local associations. Uh, it, it was a mess. Yeah. Okay. In December of 2022, the new rules and regulations were passed. They say, FIFA, after exhaustive and extensive involvement of all the stakeholders. Well, I can tell you, Mm -hmm. and I say this humbly, as the first agent in this country, I don't know of one agent in South Africa that was consulted. Including you? Including myself. I mean, you were the first licensed back in 2001. 2001. Yeah. So, none of us were consulted. So, that's the first part. But is that fair? Definitely not. If, if you're talking about an industry that, that we are involved yeah. with, 
It's our livelihood. Surely we have to have a voice. And I think that a lot of what FIFA said, and I say this with respect, a lot of what FIFA said about them engaging the stakeholders is not true. Otherwise, you would not have these cases emanating now long after the event. So what then happened is they said, you've got an opportunity to write the exam. One in March, one in September. If you fail, you will, yes, your agreements, your intermediary agreements will be on it. Right. But now this is where the ambiguity is. But you cannot continue providing the service. The service after the 1st of October. Now, you're a football player. You're my client. We have a legal agreement. My obligation is to provide the service to you. Your obligation is to pay me accordingly. I can't provide the service. So you can't pay. So why should you pay me? Okay. Big mess. Now they reintroduce the rules, which have become more onerous than the rules were Mm. in April 2015, with less flexibility within which to operate in the industry. So it's almost like they've boxed the industry. Imagine I'm an intermediary and I fail the exam. And by the way, apparently the pass rate worldwide sits at something like 20%. Yeah, no, no. I know because we okay. spoke to one of the people that actually passed. Yes. Um, and, and she came cruising into the studio and we celebrated that achievement because it was that rare. Let me tell you, it was rare. Yeah. Okay. I was fortunate in that I... I um, was able to go through the legacy uh, platform where I was a licensed agent with no blemish on my record up until April 2015 Mm -hmm. and then a licensed intermediary in various countries. So all I had to do was to prove that. Again, I was one of a few that were fortunate enough worldwide to be able to do that. Um, Now imagine I'm an intermediary and I'm I'm running a company Mm -hmm. and I'm doing it really successfully. I failed the exam. I'm basically given eight months to to pass an exam and I fail the exam. And by the way, um, no two persons wrote the same exam. The questions were different for everybody. Okay, they were random questions because it was all done online and there, yeah. was, there was this fear that with time differences. Um, oh, copying of papers. Copying and so of papers, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Um, for example, I spoke to my son who passed. And Michael said to me, he said, Dad, never got one question on the regulation, the rules and regulations pertaining to agents, mm-hmm. not one question on player status trans- and, st- and transfers, which, by the way, are the two most important sections governing agents. But that's a cornerstone of the business. Okay. Yeah. You've got asked questions about doping and questions about, I mean, a whole host of questions. The fact that he passed, I think, um, is testimony to 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 the amount of work that he put in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, let me let me ask you another question. I'm dyslexic. Mm. I can't read and write properly, mm. but I have an incredible brain for for what, what I'm doing, and I'm and I'm I'm serious. I'm professional. I'm honest. I'm transparent. I'm out of work. Simple as that. You know, when you when you yeah. were talking, Mike, yeah. and you were saying all of this before yeah. you got to the dyslexia part, yeah. I was thinking this sounds exactly like how dysfunctional the metric syllabus <sighs> is. Our it, education it, system. Yeah, it, 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 oh. it, it, sounded, it sounded like, you know, you have to learn. So you talked about eight months. Yeah. You've got to learn. You've got to suck in. You know, imagine a sponge. You've got to suck in this information, suck in that water, 
and then you have to regurgitate and then you squeeze it all out. If you're great at memory and if you're great at so many things, you pass, you get given academic colors and everything else, but you might not be the most intelligent person. And by the way, multiple choice question, which you would think is easier. However, at times, three of the four answers were right. Oh, wow. Which of these answers are right? And some of them are so ambiguous. Yes. I mean, it's, it, it's almost as if these exams were set yeah. for people to fail. So you talked about 29% globally. Metric. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. Huh. It, it, it's 32% pass rate that we have yeah. locally. So that's why I'm saying that the similarities it's are the same absolutely. for something that absolutely. fails you long term. Yeah. Now, here is an example, and I'm taking this from uh, today's outcome. Um, I mean, somebody who is representing somebody like Declan Rice, yes. he moves uh, transfer to Arsenal from West Ham, 105 million pounds. Yes. So all of this was going to be limited in terms of what he could earn as far as a commission is concerned. Correct. So I don't even know, what's, what's the going rate nowadays for agents and commissions? And it probably yeah. depends. The be- it depends. But, yeah. the, but the benchmark normally would sit yeah. at around 10%. So 10% of 105 million pounds. If you're representing the club. Yes. Okay. But the club would ordinarily not give you 10%. They would say, if you're going to represent me in such a deal, yeah. okay, um, they would probably work at 3 3 to 5%, okay, yeah. on the bigger deals. Sure. If you're representing the player in this deal, you would get a percentage of what his wages are, okay, his guaranteed income. Right. That's, the, that's really more or, less. more or less the way it works. Yeah. Okay. The problem lies with the fact that you are governed by rules and regulations which are so onerous. Mm. For example, they will say, you can represent the player and the engaging entity in a transaction. You can't represent the player and the selling entity. Can't. Can't. No longer allowed. Okay. You can represent the player or you can represent the engaging entity, so the buying entity, or you can represent both, but you can't represent the player and the selling entity mm-hmm. or the selling entity and the buying entity. So you can't broker, properly broker deals. Yeah, it's like okay. you're brokering your own deal. Yeah. I broke it to okay. give myself 10% on the other side by making sure that da-da-da-da-da. Okay, yeah. so yes, there's a conflict of interest, so I understand where mm. they're going. However, it also states in the new rules and regulations that if a player wishes to negotiate his own contract, irrespective that he's appointed you as his exclusive mm-hmm. representative, he can do so and you can't stop him. He has to pay you, but you can't stop him. Do you know you're opening up an opportunity here for third parties to do deals behind the scenes, for the player to pay the third party without anybody knowing, and for the agent who's looked after the player to have a curtailed income. It just doesn't make sense. And these are only a few of the rules and regulations that, that I find incredibly difficult to digest um, in a practical way. As we head to the break, uh, Mike, 2023, Kaiser Chiefs phones you. They say, um, <laughs> Mike, we miss you in football. You've done a great job with Pirates 1995 and years before then. Please come to Naturina. We need you as a coach. Would you take the job? Definitely not. 
Why? The game has gone past me. You know, when, when I coached in, in 1995, our analysts were sitting in the stands with books and had one guy doing defensive analysis, another guy doing, but writing notes. Yes. And then we would take this and put on a spreadsheet. Um, it was more of a feel um, about your team. Yeah. So you never had monitors to see whether the players were fatigued or not fatigued, how much they were sprinting, how much they were resting, et cetera, et cetera, which they're using now in training. Yeah. So there's this, this whole lot of, of, of stats from, from analytics that, that coaches have available through a number of, of, of experts that they surround themselves with. Mm. To be honest with you, that's not my style. And I know that if, you, if you're not prepared to do that, you can't be successful. You've got to, you've got to embrace modern technology. Mm. Still got to have an understanding of player management and, and, and man management, but you have to embrace technology and um, for, only for that reason. But they've approached you. They've approached you before, I believe. Well, that was that I was, mean back then back, back then, then yes, yes back then back, back then not now back ba then yeah. back then back then I would have considered it back then I, would, I was approached by Mamelodi Sundowns yeah. um, but why did uh, you turn them down though because I realized at that point in my life I'd come back to Durban yeah to be with my family and I realized that as a football coach you've got to hang your hat where um, the job takes you so I settled in Durban with a young family all of a sudden I get a call from Mamelodi Sundowns and it's a lucrative deal and it's interesting for me. I've got to move my family. It doesn't last. Six months later, I've got to find myself a new job. And that's the problem with football coaching. Yeah. You, you, you either are committed to it or you're not. And at that point in time, the reason I decided to go to Amazulu was it was, it was convenient for me and it was a, a big challenge, a big club with a big challenge. But I also understood that unless my next job was in Durban, it wasn't going to happen. It was never going to happen again. Yeah. In a yes or no, because I've got to go take a break. Yes. If in the good old days there was a Chipper United, would you take the job? Yes. Hashtag MSW live now. on 947 Vuma FM, Rise FM, and Soweto Live at the same time. Hashtag MSW. Good evening, Mr. Rob. It's Hulufelan here. And good evening to the MSW shoulders. And good evening to Mr. Mike Mack up there in studio. I'd just like to find out from a player's perspective, since he is one of the most well-known agents, one of the most recognized agents in South African football, do you think right now that the way other agents, uh, you know, represent the crop of players uh, that are in the fold right now, do you think they're being represented in a way that they should be represented because we're here uh, we would hear uh, a, a few stories that you know this player hasn't been given the best deal or um like there are, there are things that are not done right to the particular player and all those things uh, maybe unfair treatment from their parent club and all those things do you think that the agents that are there right now are doing justice to the players that are there in as far as representing them in the manner that they should be represented in order for them to get the best deal possible for them uh, in order to, you know, um, serve the clubs that they're going to play for and uh, do it in such a way that they have no worries about any other matter whatsoever. That is what I want to find out from you. Great show as always. Thanks.
Well, for long, I'm going to park that question. I've made a note of it. Mike has registered it in his head. I can see him nod. He's keen to dive straight into it. I just want to group a couple of the questions. Good evening, uh, Mr. Marawa, and good evening to Oprah Mike. I'm going to talk to you, Mike. Mr. Mike Makab. I'm going to talk to you, Mr. Marawa. Firstly, let me uh, upload that man for the great job he's doing in all uh, sporting codes as an agent because i think most of us were having that belief that uh, he's uh, in soccer only that man is all over mr marawa in rugby in uh, cricket in swimming i think is every everywhere and i want to applaud him for the great job he's doing uh, to the youngsters and uh, to the older players who are playing uh, sports especially the footballers and i'm very impressed with his players who are playing their trade overseas especially okk who i always asked him about him how he's doing overseas and you can see players like abonyasha mushekwi they are banging goals there in china and they are collecting some accolades there i just wish oh mike everything of the best mr marawa i like that man very much thank you oh man from the heart hey i don't have tissues here man we have a box of tissues in, in joburg <laughs> i didn't bring them down here oh Spongalini, thank you so much man in a second we'll answer the question hi rob i've got a 10 year old son who plays soccer uh, he's actually quite good. I think he's going to make it as a professional. I just want to know what Mike Makab's advice is to parents like me. Is it advisable to be the ones negotiating the first contract that the boy has when he turns pro? Or should we find people like him? Should we find people like Mike Makab or should the parents get involved at once? In fact, let's let's dive into that one. Let's get that one out of the way because I think you hear a lot of these. You get stopped. Wherever you go, Mike, I got a ten-year-old, I got a twelve-year-old, I got yep. a nine-year-old. How do you answer that? Okay, so first and foremost, let me tell you about the new rules and regulations. How ludicrous they are! Okay, you cannot represent a player until he has attained the age of seventeen years and six months. Seventeen years and, and six, six months. months. I mean, I've never. Wow. I mean, that's one of the of the the rules and regulations that for me um, make absolutely no sense whatsoever there are players that are making their debut in the highest leagues La at 16 Liga. yeah yeah 16 and 17 16. and i'm talking so, about globally this is a rule that globally is trying to be enforced by fifa so who would have then been behind the structuring of those deals if they are being put in by a barcelona at the age of 16 a liverpool well, so many other clubs let, around the let world me, let me answer that yeah number one you can only represent the player if you're a licensed agent so you can't represent him if you're a mother, a father, an aunt or an uncle. You can't represent him if you're a lawyer and, and uh, uh, an attorney. So tell me who can represent the player then. He has to represent himself according to FIFA's rules and regulations, which again is absolute... Um, yeah, uh, bad word, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. Sure. But um, this is the best advice I can give parents. It's so vital that parents play... Um, a mentoring role mm. um, in the lives of their of their children.
anyway, across the board. Um, in football, it's, it's very important. Um, I also encourage young players not to leave home um, if, they, you know, if they have a, a solid family unit. Mm. Your, your, your home life is, is important to your growth as a human being. Very important. And if you are going to leave home and you're moving into an academy, that academy has got to offer you um, more than just a football education. It's got to offer you um, an academic education. It's also got to involve the family in terms of your functions and all of that sort of thing. Because, again, I'm going to say, growing up in a family that that provides you that, that love and that care is the most important thing in your informative years. Um, in terms of um, the gentleman that spoke about his 10-year-old kid, um, again, too young to have an agent, mm-hmm. not too young for the parents to be given advice. Um, my advice would be find a football club, um, an amateur football club, obviously, or if there's a professional football club in the vicinity that caters for, for that age group, find Mm. The, those uh, entities and give your, your son an opportunity to, to showcase his ability. Whether he, he's accepted or not is, is another story. But, you know, there will come a time where you're going to require more professional advice. Absolutely. And hopefully FIFA comes to their senses and they change this ludicrous rule. Yeah. But the other thing I'm going to say to parents as well, um, once you've Place the trust in somebody that you believe is going to guide your son or your daughter's career uh, going forward. Then let that person do their job. Yeah. yeah. The one that brought you yeah. almost to tears, Usbong um, Eleni, says he calls you Mkulu. He was the one who was talking about KK, Kodi Sang, as well as, you know, Mishekwe doing wonders in China, etc. I think when you hear such messages, and it was more a statement that it was a question, yeah. but it's also somebody who has a deep sense of admiration, Mike, yeah. for the long hours, the years, the months, the weeks that you've put into your work. And he's just saying from where he sits, he admires all that you've achieved. It's, it's wonderful um, to hear that encouragement because we often don't receive encouragement. Yeah, You know, the sad thing about the, the industry I'm in is that we're almost looked upon in the football industry as outcasts. So, so when people get together to discuss important topics relating to football and they have um, brainstorming sessions and they pull people from various um, walks mm. um, of football, whether it be technical, administrative, marketing, we are never included. Uh, is it deliberate? Yes, it is. Why? I think I think we're seen as as not being part of the ecosystem. That's the honest truth. Not by everybody, yeah, yeah. but by a large number of people. We're seen as not being part of the ecosystem. And I think when you isolate um, a group of people like that, you're not isolating them, you're alienating mm-hmm. them. It's almost as if you've put them on the other side of the fence and so when they sit and negotiate with you, mm. um, how do you expect them to, to warm to you um, if you haven't looked at them as being an important part and, and piece of the puzzle in the whole industry? But so, sometimes you get yeah. painted 
wrongly and badly, Mike, and you would know the insinuations where, uh, you know, especially with the national teams and national team coaches at, yeah. at some point saying, you influence selection. You're influencing yeah. selection. You're hovering around the team hotel. Yeah. You are there to try and tell the coach who to pick and trying to, yeah. you know, so, so that's the kind of image at times. It taints our industry. Yeah. And, and there's how no... Are, how have you taken that though? Because it's, it's been there. I, I do not condone that. Yeah. Okay. I, any, any person, any agent who tries to influence a football coach especially if that football coach is his client. Yeah. Any agent who tries to do that does not deserve to be in the industry. But why are some of the coaches, why are some of the coaches at the highest professional level yes. also doubling up as agents? It's a, a simple thing called greed. Enough is never enough. But surely FIFA has got time for the things that you've mentioned are being ludicrous. Why yes. doesn't FIFA have time to stop that because for me that is the biggest crime in SA football that is the biggest crime even at times Mike and I've spoken not to only SA football no, no, I know, globally 100% globally. And, I, and I've spoken and I've sat down with players who yeah. were afraid to speak at the time that they were still playing but they would sit down now and they would tell you that Rob you know what it, it, it's been so tough because coach X expected me to pay X amount of money to him so that he could have me in the starting lineup it's sad it's sad, it's uncalled for, it's unacceptable, it's, yeah. it's, it's everything that the, that the industry should not be about. And um, I, can, I can tell you that, uh, sadly, it has tainted our industry, yeah. the football industry, globally. Um, but, you know, you can't generalize. Yeah. In every single industry, you're going to have those that operate Correctly and ethically, and and there's a good cop, bad cop with the right intention, yeah. and those that don't rob. Hulu Falang earlier in the WhatsApp voice note was talking yes. about the players being well represented. Yes, and and how do you make sure? You know, at times it says that there's unfair treatment. How do you ensure that there isn't unfair treatment when you are given the position that you have yeah. and trying to ensure that the player gets the best? Rob, I think you've got to, in all instances, you've got to be very. Um, objective in the mm. way you think. You've got to hear the player's side of the story. You've got to take time and hear the club's side of the story. And if, if there is genuinely an impasse for any other reason mm. other than the fact that the player truly doesn't fit into the coach's plans, um, then you've got to address those issues. Uh, if that is the case, I'm a firm believer you rather move the player to a new environment mm. for the longevity of his career. And that's what we always encourage, but not before we've understood the dynamics that exist between mm. the parties. Then how do you grow a thick skin, Mike McCobb? Yeah, I wish I grew a thick skin about time. But when a player you represented tried to do the best oh. for him and then publicly... Goes and slanders your name, besmirches you, you know, says that, no, nah, Mike didn't tell me that this Danish team, Alborg, was putting a, an mm. offer on the table. And it's all over the place. You know, you can only hope that your credibility over the years holds you in good stead. Yeah. There is none so, 
not even guilty, but deemed guilty as those who try and defend themselves. Mm. So all I do is, um, unless it's a vicious um, assault on my character and my persona, I let it be. Um, I cannot change what is is not changeable. Um, I can only operate um, with a, a clear conscience and understand that from the day that I got into this industry until now, the most important reason for doing it, the why behind it, mm-hmm. was to try and make a difference in every person's life with whom I've come into contact. And I've genuinely tried to do that, sometimes to my own detriment. Who's the next big deal that you're signing up to a next big club? Okay, there is, there is a, a youngster from the Ivory Coast. You can make a note of his name. His name is Usman Diamande. January 2022, playing in the third division in the Ivory Coast, 2003-born kid. Um, and uh, we, we took him from the academy, and the academy got well rewarded and got rewarded with the, with the first transfer. We took him to FC Midtjylland in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, from Midtjylland, he was loaned to uh, Mafra in the Portuguese second division. And then... Uh, Sporting Lisbon broke, I'd like to say, sure. broke the record of, of purchasing him outright um, for, and it was, it was documented, yeah. for an amount of um, close to 250 million rand. What? Um, and there subsequently have been bids from Newcastle and, and a host of other football clubs. You can Google his name, Diamande, um, Real Madrid. <laughs> Um, where he has a buyout clause now of 70 million pounds. Unheard of in football. 70 million pounds. Unheard of in football in that space of time. Unheard of in football in that space of time. And this kid's in your books? Yes, he is. Very proud to say. Mike McComb, bye-bye. Hashtag MSW live on 947 Vuma FM, Rise FM and Soweto Live at the same time. Hashtag MSW.